Welcome back to Beyond Well. I'm Sheila Hamilton and Dr. Polo. I've been so thrilled that more people are beginning to ask us questions and put out in the world what it is they're struggling with. And Jody writes and says, thanks first for your show. You and Dr. Polo provide me a really wonderful true north during my weeks. And as I'm navigating my space between how things used to be, which was the old normal and the emergence of my new way of being and working, my new normal, I'm finding myself struggling. Could you and Dr. Polo provide any kind of direction for me to get into the workplace without feeling like a vulnerable rocket ship? Yeah, so she's not the only one. There are so many people out there that are indeed very, very shaky. And in fact, I think employers are gonna have a tough time It's interesting how we've been talking about when can we get back to normal? When can we get back to normal? And the closer we get to it, the closer we realize that it's going to be hard to do that. And there's going to be a lot of people that aren't so excited to just jump back into the way things were. Yeah, you know, I have um, been looking at the divide between young people and old people, and I I would say that probably TikTok is not a a study that we can rely on, but most of the young people on TikTok are talking about having a huge reluctance to go back into an office setting, and older people, especially those with young children, are like, yes, get me out of this house and back into the office. Are you seeing those kinds of divides? Where you? Yes, we are. In in fact, um, I, I reviewed some data recently as part of a conference that we were presenting. And sure enough, the younger generations, Gen Z and the millennials, they're experiencing a lot more anxiety than some of the older generations are. I mean, everybody's experienced anxiety, but it's disproportionately worse for our workers in the nation. And I think it has a lot to do with not only all the change that's going on, but all the change that is still yet to come. And employers are realizing that they may need to make some permanent changes in in terms of how we work in the future. And you may hear about folks talking about the hybrid model. You know, do I go into the office once or twice a week and Mm -hmm. and, and work the rest of the time from home? I I think there's folks that are falling at kind of two ends of the spectrum. There, There are some folks that really are afraid to go to work because they're still very, very concerned about their health. I think there's also some other people that realized, wait a second, I kind of like working from home and I get more work done and it's a lot more flexible and I don't have to commute and I don't have to wear business clothes. And so I think there's people all over the, the spectrum in terms of what they want. I read a study that came out of Forbes that said that 32% of workers will quit if they are forced to go back into the office. And yeah. so I don't know whether or not that encapsulates that generation, but there are people who are saying, no, this is my new lifestyle. I can do my work from home. I've demonstrated that I'm perfectly capable and I'm really good at it. I'm not going to bend to this. And you might lose really good talent if you're not willing to kind of be flexible in this new normal. Yeah. I, I, I've read that study. There's there's even another study that was done and recently published that says that I think it's 48% of the working Force. So this would be more between the ages of about 18 and, and 48 in this particular study would happily take a pay cut to work at home. And if you think about it, there are some jobs where it's a lot easier to work at home. Obviously, there's some jobs where you, you can't work at home. But for employers that are paying for office space and, and they've got all this uh, resources that are invested in their actual on-site facilities, that represents a potential savings as well too. So I think we're going to see a lot of disruption and a lot of change to the way that we work. And that's going to just create anxiety all by itself. 
I know because we already had the big disruption of everybody moving home. And now it's sort of like, yeah, we're, we're in for another disruption. And this one might be even more lasting, yes. which is fascinating. Yes. So I want to talk about some of the psychological tenants that we could probably pass on for people. I think the first one that came to mind for me was the need for flexibility, just yes. for people to adopt a more flexible mind state. Can you yeah. talk about that both from the managerial's perspective and also from the employees? From a managerial perspective, the, I, I think the important thing that employers have to do is they have to, first of all, they have to kind of make a decision early. Hey, look, what's practical for our particular business? If your business is a fast food restaurant, your employees have to work there. I mean, that's right. just all there is to it. Okay. Yeah. If your business is a consulting firm, maybe that can all be done online. So the, the first thing I think that employers need to figure out is what is within our capability to do and what is it that we want to do? And then they're going to have to really plan for that. And they're going to have to make all kinds of changes. They may decide there needs to be a hybrid plan where there are going to be some folks that do come in or maybe some positions where it's partly coming in. And they have to do all the things to adapt for that. Everything from recognizing that some people will still wanting to, to mask or, or have hygiene or social distance, et cetera, and then communicate early. People don't like to be surprised. Mm. So setting an expectation and communicating it early and having a plan so that people kind of feel a little bit secure. At least they know what's going to happen. They may not be totally happy with it, but at least they'll really know it. Now, from the worker perspective, from the employee perspective, and, and this is where it gets really tough, some employees are going to have to kind of recognize there's some things you don't get a choice on. You know, if your employer says this job has to be done in such a way and, and it maybe goes against what you really want, you, you might have some tough personal decisions to make on whether or not that's the job you really want. Planning ahead, being flexible, reminding yourself, hey, what are the things that I do control? What are the things that I don't control? Uh, it, it's going to be important. But I think what's going to happen here is that, remember, what was creating stress and anxiety in the pandemic was all the uncertainty. Yeah. It's the very same core concept that's going to create anxiety now. It's the uncertainty of what's coming next, what to expect, what are the changes. And of course, we love to be in charge of change, but when it's being done to us, we don't like that. So, um, one of my managers said one of the things that's really worked for our group is to reflect and re-collaborate. And that is reflect on what's happened to us and our organization and recommitted ourselves to operating in the spirit of human collaboration. Um, why do you think it's so important that we actually address the elephant in the room of how uncomfortable so many of our workers are? You know, this is an important concept, Sheila. You know, it goes back to the idea of, first of all, recognizing that anxiety is normal. Yeah. If, if you're feeling worried about, you know, the way things are today with this pandemic, you're just simply one of the crowd right. because that's what is a normal feeling. And sometimes when we simply talk about what's going on with each other and we just talk about what we're feeling with no solution in mind, just the talking all by itself can be hugely helpful. For one, it lets you kind of put into words what you've been th thinking and feeling in such a way that you might understand it a little bit better. You recognize, hey, I'm not the only one. Somebody else is also struggling. Mm -hmm. And you also get to hear from other people, well, what did they do to handle that that maybe I haven't thought of that I can do? Yeah. And so employers that simply devote time with their workforce to reflect on where are we how are you feeling? Where are we going? What are you worried about? That all by itself is helpful. 
not addressing it puts everybody on edge. Oh, yeah, because it feels like there's another very heavy shoe that's going to drop that's even worse than this. Exactly. And, <laughs> and, and of course, nobody wants to be the one person that raises an issue for fear that, number one, they think they're the only one or somehow you're going to get in trouble. And so employers need to take the lead on this. You know, I've thought a lot about the people who are the most concerned about being um, infected and that those people, even if they have the types of jobs that they need to come back for, are going to probably want a different physical space. They might want more space around them. They might want more cleanliness routines than was in the previous years. So how do organizations adapt knowing that it might be what's perceived as the neediest person in the room? Yeah, yeah. Now, I work for Cambia Health Solutions, and uh, we're a very large company in, in several different states, and we have multiple buildings. And prior to the pandemic, pretty much about 80% of our workforce was working in an office somewhere. We already had some folks that were working at home. One of the things that we learned as a health insurance company is that we can do a lot of our work from home. And so we're already planning to give more flexibility for employees that not only want to work at home, but frankly, for jobs that working at home is just as good. The rub here is that there are, like in every industry, some jobs that really need to be done in an office setting or at least in an office setting with other people. And so we're accounting for the fact that we're going to need to have cubicles that are farther apart. We're Mm going to have to have less office space relative to the number of people but more office space allotted to each individual. Yeah, yeah. Plexiglass is in short supply these days, apparently. And, and, you know, providing gel and providing masks. And so these are things that you can't just do overnight. And that's why I say having a plan, thinking about it early, if nothing else, if it communicates to folks, hey, we really do care about you and we respect your personal feelings about what's important for your health, your safety. I have a friend who whose job is to do the psychology of design, and he has been going into places like Google and Facebook because those are places where people often work collaboratively and they just choose somewhere to sit for that particular day and trying to figure out how do we match the patterns of those who use these spaces and give them a clean space that only they use. Because let's face it, this kind of collaborative work environment is not the best for actually eliminating germs. So even thinking about it at that very high level is super important. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I think there are going to be lots of organizations that end up investing quite a bit to really reformat, redesign what their work area looks like. Yeah. And I think it's going to affect our businesses too. I'll give you an example. There's a restaurant that, believe it or not, was being built when this pandemic started. And they, they very quickly figured out well, number one, we can't open like we thought we were going to open. <laughs> and when we do open, the world is going to be a very different world. But they just recently, they're getting ready to open. And they their layout is clearly already taking into account spacing of tables, wow. booth seating that's yeah. got these partitions that are clear so that you don't feel closed in. But at the same time, you have private space. Yeah. And they have an outdoor area that's got these kind of almost like garage doors that are glass that in the cold or wintertime you can close, but in the summertime you open, which gives them more space. I mean, they built it accounting for a quote pandemic world. Mm -hmm. And I think there's lots of businesses that are going to have to do that to really accommodate all the different people and their opinions on what's safe. 
Dr. Polo, one of our favorite episodes by our um, audience is the one where you gave people advice about how to allow your kids to go back to school and talk to them about developing a routine and making sure that communication about what's to be expected is consistent and moderated. Somebody needs to have this conversation with the adults because we've been in our sweatpants and getting up without an alarm and just you know, living our best life, working until 11 o'clock at night maybe, but doing it on our schedule. And so do you have that same sort of advice for the people who now need to be on a more regular adult schedule? Yeah. You know, it's one of those things that we, we, we talked about how your kids needed a routine and they needed kind of a sense of structure and they yeah. needed a little plan and they needed to stick to it. And I think as adults, we kind of might need that too. And, you know, I'll just use myself as a personal example. I, I went to the office for the first time in months and it occurred to me in the morning after I got up at my usual time that I'm going to be late. I had not accounted for the fact I, I got to get completely dressed. You know, I got to actually put shoes on. I got to put socks on. I, I had to account for the fact that I had to drive to work. I had to get out the garage. I yeah. forgot my badge, which was another nightmare. I mean, I, I was late by like 45 minutes and I realized, oh my gosh, you know, for the past couple of months, I've been enjoying the fact that I can wake up and be at work in 30 minutes, 20 That's minutes. Right. And in fact, as I look forward, I suspect I'm going to do more work from home. You know, things that I've learned to do at home that are just as effective, that give me the higher quality of life of not having to commute and drive. Yeah. So, you know, I know that this is going to happen for so many people as they begin to readjust. Mm -hmm. You know, I was thinking about how we could recreate our offices to be a little bit more like our homes. And why can't we go to work with our sweatshirts on if it's actually more comfortable to be warm in the winter? Why can't we, you know, a workplace allow you to have your dog sit on your lap? Why can't we have, you know, the music that we love piped into our ears? I do think that there's some opportunity here for businesses to learn about what pleases people as they work and how do we begin to bring more of that into the office rather than these sterile environments. You know, it's very fascinating that you should bring this up. I remember years ago, I used to have many folks that struggled with how, I don't want to say unpleasant, but how difficult work was because of the environment. Mm -hmm. And I would remind people, listen, you're at work eight hours a day. You ought to make it feel and look in a way that you want. It's yeah. worth spending the time to bring in those knickknacks that are yours. Yeah. It's worth spending the time to paint the wall the color that you like, because you're going to spend a lot of time there. That's right. And so I think you're, I think you're right. You know, technology has been pushing us to blend work and pleasure in a way that is challenging. Mm -hmm. And of course, with smartphones where your colleagues can reach you or your clients or your business folks can reach you at a moment's notice, that also cuts across that shift between the two. So I think you're exactly right. Creating a workspace that is pleasing, that is comfortable, that is cozy, that is warm, inviting, I think that's really going to be important moving forward. I also think that maybe just kind of warning people, and I've felt this already, if just when you attempt to socialize again, your muscle is not worked out for socializing. It's draining to sit in face-to-face -face meetings. It's odd to have people come up and interrupt you in your office. It's really taxing when there's so many people now face-to-face -face that you used to be able to prioritize just by putting them on a different Slack channel, you know? And so I think there's something to be said about us just 
giving ourselves time to acclimate back into this face-to-face demand as well. You know, we love socializing and uh, we love being with other people when it, when it is truly just for pleasure. But, you know, in the work environment, there's a lot of socialization that goes on that is still really kind of work. Think of those meetings where you've met and you've discussed whatever it is, but as the meeting is falling apart, you're still talking, you're connecting, you, maybe you talk with somebody else and you're really still on, so to speak. Mm-hmm. You know, with Zoom, you just disconnect and leave the room and you're, you're immediately gone and there's no more pressure. <laughs> you're the master of you the universe. You won't be able to do that. <laughs> you won't be able to do that back at work. You're, you're going to finish the meeting and you just can't turn everybody off. It's you can't so turn true. yourself off. You're so it's going to be an adjustment. Dr. Polo, just in terms of your healthcare company, what have been some of the tenants that you have said to people as we begin this? What are some of your kind of moral guiding principles about how you're going to treat one another and how you're going to be listening to one another to figure out how you can have yeah. the best, most healthy environment there is? Well, one of the things that the pandemic has really kind of brought to the surface is issues of divisiveness. Yep. The pandemic is something that has forced us as communities to think about more than just yourself. How do we work together? Mm. How do we make sure everybody is in? How do we make sure that there's a sense of equity? So as we go back to the office, those concepts are not going to just evaporate. How we talk with each other, inclusivity of each other, which means listening to other people's ideas, everything from whether they're afraid of, you know, vaccination or afraid of the virus. Right. Okay. But I think it's going to be important that as we come back to quote, whatever our new normal will be, a sense of being more invested in being part of a group, part of a community in the sense that we have to begin to chart a new path ahead together. Mm. I love that sentiment and all of the lessons that we learned in an attempt to become allies um, to the Black community, to the LGBTQ plus community, to we've been doing a lot of learning and now it's actually time to put it in kind of full force in person, face to face, which is a lot more prone to mistakes because you don't get to rewrite the email seven times. You don't, you know, this is where this is where your kind of training has to be tested in a very real way. Yeah. It's about finding commonalities that bind people together. So mm. like we're a health insurance company. Our common cause is that we want to make everybody have the ability to access healthcare and mm-hmm. everybody to get the same high quality healthcare. And we've got to begin to take that kind of approach and work it into the fabric of everything that we do, both internal to our business, internal to our company, as well as what we're doing to serve people outside. I love knowing that even the healthcare companies, the people who are the experts at providing it are also struggling with these questions. It just makes me feel like we're all on the same playing ground here. We're all, as our listener said, kind of rocket ships going back into re-entry and that shaking, really scary period is something we're all going to be going through. Dr. Polo, it's always so great. Just love seeing your smiling face. And I think that your wisdom is just so right on. So thank you. Thank you, Sheila. It's always a pleasure to talk with you. Maybe we can even do this in person one of these times. Yeah, (laughs) I know. This is such one of the weirdest things that Dr. Polo and I have never actually met in person. This is like, this is going to be one very great reunion. We'll have to do it live. You know, it's funny, Sheila. I feel like I know you so well. I recognize you instantly in a crowd and yet we've never met. I know. 
So if you um, love this podcast as we love doing it, please give us a review on Apple Podcasts. We're finding out that the Apple Podcasts are the ones that float to the very top fastest. So we sure appreciate that. And as always, we thank our sponsors. You can find them at Beyond Well. 